Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello, Todd. Hello. And hello, everyone listening. Welcome to the podcast. This is a podcast called What a Great Punk. And it's by us, me, and uh, me, Jamie and Todd. Um, Thank you. Uh, and we are a band called These New South Wales from Australia, Melbourne, Australia, if you're listening in from anywhere else, which I'm sure you will be this week because we have Sleaford Mods on the pod, very popular band. So very, mm. very much looking forward to chatting with Jason. Yeah. We've also got a documentary show on Comedy Central that um, you can watch on our YouTube channel, which you should do. Yeah, and, there's two seasons yeah. of that show. It's kind of a Spinal Tap-esque um, show where we play ourselves um, as desperate desperate losers. Desperate losers, which we aren't in real life, let's be clear. No, we're actually quite yeah. cool people in real life. Cool, and we're cool winners. Um, and you should check out our new album, TNSW, on Spotify or whatever too. Yes. Um, all yeah. right, well, before we get into the podcast, um, I've just got to tell you a quick story about how young Henry's uh, ginger beer got its bite. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know how it got its bite. Or Young not. Henry's are our sponsors, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yep. But I just need to quickly tell you how it got its bite because it's a great story. Oh, um, okay. Essentially, there were these, um, there's this guy, uh, Robbie, and um, he's having his mates over yep. for a drink. Um, they're around watching the telly. Um, there's a football game on. Okay. Yep. They're all having a good laugh. They're actually watching the coronation of. Um, they're watching the king's um, coronation. The king's coronation. Receive um, so this just glove. Recently got its bite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, there, um, Robbie gets up to get a beer from the kitchen. Mm. Sort of like a little apartment. So the kitchen's next to the couch where they're watching it. So whatever. Thank you. And um, one of the, one of his mates on the couch goes, "Hey, Robbie, can you throw me a um, a beer?" And um, oh, what I should also mention is that um, he's got a in the middle of his lounge room behind the couch, there's a, um, a fish tank with piranha, his pet piranha in it, Peppy the piranha. Oh, okay. And as you, as you might know, piranhas are quite a chomp on them. Like quite, they like to bite things, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's got this like piranha like tank in his lounge room. Right. And so he gets his mate to throw him a beer, throw us a, throw us a beer and but. His other mate in the kitchen mishears and thinks that he's saying, throw us some gin- ginger, ginger, ginger. Oh. <laughs> kind of sounds like beer the way he said it. Ginger. Yeah. Um, and so what ends up happening is that Robbie and the other guy end up throwing a beer and a ginger beer to their mate on the couch at the same time. Yep. And as they do that, they kind of like collide in midair and like both fall into the piranha tank. Okay. And... Um, when they fall into the piranha tank. Catchy smile, you got that catchy smile. Stop a while, come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away. Together, baby, but... Don't tell your nonna. I'm Todd and this is Jamie. Um, Hello, Todd. Hello, Jamie. Nice to meet you. I'm not sure how much you know about the podcast, but we play in a band, these New South Wales from Australia, a punk band. And um, Nice. How's that going? All right. It's going good. Yeah, it's going good, thanks. We're just on a tour at the moment, actually, um, 
around Australia and we've got a couple shows left. Okay. So it's been it's been really good. Sure. So I bet you're kind of knackered as well, aren't you, at the same time? Yeah, but we've kind of had a few weeks off since the, the the last three shows were tagged on at the end. So there's about a two or three week oh, gap, okay. gap between them. So right. kind of kind of coming to again, actually. It took about a week and a half this time, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've kind of been doing like two weekends on, two weekends off kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. That's um, good. We're get, we can't do more than like three shows in a row now without being absolutely dead. <laughs> like, do you, <laughs> can you yeah, relate to that? <laughs> yes, we can push it to four, but it, we'd rather do three. Yeah. yeah and, to, and to be honest, even three is like, if we, can, if we can do like two and then one off and then back on it again, that's, that's a lot better. Yeah, that, um, that's a perfect schedule, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, we've had so many, too many years of three in a row, four in a row, uh, which is, yeah, again, it's all right, but um, I don't know, you know, uh, you're kind of knackered, but you, you, you can do it, but, you yeah. know, yeah. Do, do, you, do you find, though, if you just do one, you're a little bit sad that there's not a, a follow-up show the next day? Yes. You need, <laughs> you need at least two on the trot. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, sometimes even three, because it's like, right, you're getting into the swing of it now. Yeah. Because um, I think I, how I find it is my performance, I can analyse and adapt and, and and try new things out. If I'm doing two or three in a row, I get to uh, explore that a lot more, obviously. You know what I mean? That's right. You kind of get to solidify little bits of the, the performance, I guess. Yeah, eh? this is it. Uh, do you... Um find yourself like changing your performance per crowd or tour or country even? That's a good question. Um, to a certain degree, no. Uh, um, no, not really. Um, I think a little bit in England, if we're, if we're playing like shitholes like Leeds or something like that, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little bit more restrained. I don't know why. Yeah. I think, Is that right? I don't know why. Oh, yeah, you don't want to set them off. Well, and I don't want to accuse Leeds of being, uh, you know, some kind of non-progressive city because it's, it's not, obviously. But you are a little bit more, you don't start off as, there's a lot of campness in, in my performance. There's a lot of physicality. And... Um, I don't start off like that straight away mm, if I'm playing yeah. to crowds like that. And, you know, again, I don't want to implicate that these people are in any way homophobic or transphobic or, or misogynistic, you know. Um, but, um, you know, I do tend to get see, I do tend to taper myself a bit more. I think generally because, you know, English Northern people are very, you know, are very, uh, they're kind of very still and they're very, they're quite proud people and they're very insular. So I mm. try and work, I try and kind of, I don't go all out straight away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, yeah, you, so, I mean, you've been touring for how long now? I mean, the band started officially in 2007, didn't it? Yeah. And have you been touring that whole time or did, did that start later down the track? Um, touring, yeah, that was that. That didn't start until 2013. Right. Okay. 
so we, I didn't do my first tour until I was 42. Wow. Mm-hmm. 40, 40, 43. How cool. Uh, and That's and it was a shock. It was a shock to the system <laughs> in the sense of, um, not in the sense of, uh, being able to do it because I'd always kept myself relatively fit from about 27 onwards. I started jogging. I started going to the gym and doing as much as I could around a lifestyle of cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by, by 2013, uh, uh, again, I kind of, you know, I was still running obviously a lot. And um, so it wasn't too, it wasn't too hard. I think what, what made it harder was the fact that I, I, I now had money. I didn't have to owe drug dealers any money. I could pay for drugs up front. I could get lots of it. Uh, that's what made it difficult. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, alcohol yeah. and just the general, because it was so fantastic. Mm. Uh, it was, I couldn't believe it. We, me and Andrew couldn't believe it. We were like, nobody makes it at past four, you know, past yeah. 30, let, let alone 40. Uh, doing what we were doing, especially, which was this fucking just, just outburst of of uh, of localism, of of provincial accents, mm. of of uh, you know jargon, of slang yeah. <laughs> that was only identifiable for our area of the country. You know what I mean? Mm. That's so. Um, that's such a cool st- like uh, story in terms of like just starting later down the track in terms of age. And I, I really think that's mad. And like, I think I can identify that too. Like we never expected our band to go anywhere. And it's like kind of nice when you start out with no expectations or like years of nothing. And then you end up playing to crowds and things like that. It's sort of almost more satisfying, satisfying, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Um, it's, it was a real, it was a real fuck you, you know, um, because because on the way of trying to make it throughout all those years, I'm, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and, you know, I was a very, uh, at times, not a very likable person. Uh, and um, I made a lot of enemies, but also I, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that just wrote me off. So when I got there, it was... Um, it was it was half it was like a bit of bit of revenge really in some respects yeah <laughs> uh, and, and initially uh, and, mm. and people just couldn't be, people just couldn't believe it people were sending me messages going this is just weird <laughs> do you know what I mean which was a real buzz and people started taking me seriously you know what I mean the the emotion of yeah. um, revenge is a good one to channel on stage isn't it you know yeah it is. Totally. Um, it's, and it's, it's gone full circle now. What goes around comes around. So, you know, when I, when I was nothing and I was pointing my finger at people like Noel Gallagher or other people, overblown rock stars, uh, now there are people pointing the fingers at me and Andrew, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, so that has been a, a learning curve, especially over the last two years with, with, with the, last two, the success of the last two albums. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's taken us up even further. We've become even bigger, you know. So mm. so now we're seeing a lot of people piling in on us. Is that uh, on right? Social media. What's yeah? If you know, they just wait for things. You know, like little things. Um, 
whatever it is, um, a bit of pomposity. Uh, for instance, I tried to correct a journalist in Philadelphia last month. Right. Uh, because he'd written an article saying that there was us and a band sharing the stage. And I'm like, well, no, that band's a support band. Uh, we've come all the way over here. Uh, this is incorrect information. Can you yeah. please? And fucking Jesus, it went mental. Really? Oh, look at you. Look at you, you fucking wanker. <laughs> now, I don't, I, I'm not, de- I'm not denying that it, it looked pompous. It did look pompous. The tweet, because I did it in public on, on Twitter. Right. I didn't DM, I should have DM'd him really, but I just didn't think there was anything wrong with it. So yeah. it's interesting, it's interesting that, you do become detached from that old period, you know, the kind of more grassroots period, the mm. kind of smaller band period. You do become detached from that as you get bigger. And, you know, that's inevitable. And the contradictions and the, and the hypocrisy is inevitable. It is inevitable, so isn't the, it? Yes. So it's interesting how you navigate that, you know. I mean, and people were basically saying, I mean, Oh, you just, you've lost it. It's like, what? Because of one tweet, you know, it's like everything, (laughs) you know, plastic punks. It's like, well, I mean, that's just pathetic, you know? So you see the kind of naivety of that community as well, uh, of which you used to be a part of, you know what I mean? Is that what, is that kind of what the subject matter that you're getting at in DIY, the song? Yes, yeah, totally. Oh, you know. I love that um, subject matter, by the way. I fucking that song is fucking right, though, is isn't so, it? It's so on point. Well, the thing, um, the thing because, is, you know, sorry, go on, sorry. I was just going to say the thing with like, the, um, like underground scenes and kind of yeah. grassroots level music is often those scenes um, become resentful if people uh, move, you know, beyond it or whatever. Yeah, you know, they try yeah. to. Um, kind of drag it. It's t- tall poppy syndrome, which I'm sure you guys have over there, which we have here as well. That's a good way of putting it, actually. I've never really called that. Um, yeah. I mean, we were, I was dubious about these arseholes from the start because <laughs> when, uh, sorry about that, when, um, when we were down at the bottom, before we started getting any traction, these people just overlooked it anyway. You know, yeah. the, 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 you could you could just tell by the way they talked to you if you were supporting any of these bands, if you were at the same mini festivals with some of these bands, you could just tell that they were looking down at their nose at you. Uh, and um, you know, so I didn't I didn't have much respect for that community anyway. By the time we were dragged out of it, mm. but don't get me wrong, there are some really nice people from there, and there still yeah. are some people still talk to us, but a lot of them don't. You know, uh, a lot of them just laying, waiting for when uh, myself or Andrew might say something that is irregular on, on Twitter, you know? Yeah. They're like, they're like fucking full of web spiders or something, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so how have yeah. you managed to navigate that then? And like, you know, um, you've probably copped it your whole career, but pe- how do you deal with people saying, like leaving shit comments or fucking... DMs or tagging you and shit. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, some interviewer, some reviewer said of the last album of the song DIY that um, you know, although it was a good song, it was the uh, it, Jason Williamson's Achilles' heel appears to be 
listening to these people and you think that he would just move on there a lot they, they, you know that these these things are just irrelevant to a, to a band uh, to, uh, like Sleeper Boss you know of their stature or whatever you know they've accomplished all this and yet he's still listening to these little idiots you know uh, leaping on and so it's a good point. It, 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 you try and ignore it, but sometimes you just fucking can't. And it's not so much um, what they're saying. It's the fact that you you kind of vaguely know these people and you know what they're like and you know what they've done and you know what they contributed, which isn't a lot. So it's just jealousy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And naivety. And so that's that's what makes you angry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's some validation thing going off, some side, you know, subconscious thing, course of which, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, I think um, we've all got, I think we've all got that. Yeah, and and we all, yeah. all musicians pretend, do their best to pretend that they don't have it as well, but. Yes, uh, I think it's best to admit it, isn't it? Because, you know, anyone that wants a bit of attention, it's got to be somewhat wrong there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, there's usually like, um, you know, some sort of sensitivity as well with, with most performers, you know, and so you, yeah. Attention and then yeah. mix that with a, you know, some sort of sensitivity in the personality. It can be, um, I don't know, it can be tricky sometimes when you, yeah. It's, it's a fucking nasty game to be in, you know. Um, and I come from a, I come from a, a background that I don't take too kindly to consistent insults, especially by people that just, I'm sorry, just haven't got the credentials. So where do you draw the line? You know, um, do, do you, you fucking start hitting these people. You can't hit people anymore. <laughs> Not that you could anyway. It's a, well, it's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it makes you feel like shit. Uh, it's not nice. But, you know, I come from a background where at the end, that's all there is left. And mm. so it's trying to struggle with that, uh, trying, to, trying to get my head around that. And so there's been a lot of, uh, over the last two albums, kind of emphasis on anger, on, 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 um, uh, on violent um, fantasies, almost, you know. Yeah. Uh, and some of this, some of this is as as fed into the lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Did did you when you were starting out with Sleaford Mods? Did you ever sort of possess that mindset, or were you always let's try and fucking make this a real viable thing? Let's let's you know. Tour. I wanted to be as big as yeah. I wanted to be as big as I possibly could be right mm. from the off, because when I came across the formula of it, I thought this is it. It yeah. literally just pissed. It, it literally just pissed on everything else around Nottingham. Uh, it just made everything just seem so dated, and that's what I was looking for in the end. Because I fell in love with music around the early two thousands. I fell in love with creativity. I no longer was purely motivated by fame. I fell in love with music and creating it. And, um, and so it occurred to me that originality was the only thing that was going to separate myself from everybody else. But originality that had um, familiar uh, traits that, you know, a, a, an audience could grab onto. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, the traditional song formula, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so, uh, so those, when I, when, when I came across this formula, um, uh, it, it occurred to me that I'd achieved both of those things. And, um, I was in this, you know, uh, eureka state for quite a while yeah. until the reality reality hit me again 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I was, was going to so, say, that's quite a eureka moment, which I don't, a yeah, lot of people sure. don't have in music at all. Like just to no, be able to just no. from like an outside perspective in go, oh, fuck, I've actually just made something. Sure. I've filled a hole. Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah, I guess once the eureka moment's over, it's like, all right, well, now I've got to release music yeah, and get now I've got a job. Shows. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> you got a job. For years and, yeah, yeah you got a yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, big time. You know, it's like it wasn't, um, it just wasn't fully formed. I got a little bit of it, but I needed organic uh, or original homegrown music, not samples from other records, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I started to look at after about three albums of doing it on my own. I was like, this is no good, you know? Um, so, uh, that's where Andrew came into it. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. And you guys met by chance while Andrew was DJing. Is Is that the story online? Yeah. Yes. I was supporting a noise artist called John Wise, I think from, from Los Angeles, uh, quite a, a prominent noise artist at the time. Uh, still is actually, I think, but, um, uh, and uh, I'd gone downstairs after my set to have a cigarette outside and I could hear this music coming from the, the middle floor which is where Andrew was DJing and uh, the rest is history I just went up and introduced myself and after two or three minutes of talking I just I, uh, you know asked him if he fancy getting together you know what I mean Fantastic did, did, uh, So you guys yeah. you guys must have um had quite a instantaneous connection then personality wise as well then, huh? It's a, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, he was really, um, yeah, there was no, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I was, I was initially at the start, I was, um, I was just like, right, do this, do that. I need this. I need that. And, um, which he did, uh, he was quite happy to do that. But then after a while it was like, if I was bringing up other bass players in and, st- and going to other studios, he's like, you just don't need to do that. But I wouldn't listen to him for a, a few months. Right. And to his credit, he stuck with it anyway, you know. <laughs> and then, it, 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 you know, eventually it's like, look, I'll do the bass. We just, we just record around my ass. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, and so that's when it started to get more interesting. And yeah. uh, are you quite similar, similar dudes or have you got – Opposing personalities. Yeah, they're very. We're quite different in a lot of respects, but in some respects, we're not. We've got the same sense of humour, and we've got the same accents, and we've got the same experiences coming from Lincolnshire to a certain degree. Mm. Uh, and Andrew comes from a farming family, uh, who you know his dad then went into tool hire, uh, buying diggers and, and hiring them out, which is which became quite a lucrative business. Uh, and um, you know they he had a they had financially had a pretty successful experience of that right okay um, but both our families are very similar in the sense that you know arguably they come from working class stock they are workers uh, they are you know folk that go out into the field every day do you know what I mean? And that, that his, his father's pretty much like my stepdad. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're mm. almost the same person. So, so yeah, we've got pretty much the same kind of experiences like that. But mm. yes, as personalities, yes, we can be quite different, definitely. Right. And what about like when you're traveling? Like who's, you know, like do you travel well? Is someone more annoying than the other person at the airport? 
Like, what's going on there? I think it, you know, it goes. Sometimes Andrew can be. Sometimes I can be. Yeah. Uh, I, I I like. I think I like traveling more than Andrew. Although he'll then suddenly really take to it. Uh, but you know, he he can he can get pretty uncomfortable very quickly uh, if he doesn't like a place, uh, and he'll let you know about it. But that's just the way he is, you know. Uh, and like he gets over it, and you know he sort of pleases himself. Um, again, I'm I'm very quick to lose my temper sometimes, and that can uh, that can that can show itself on occasion. And Andrew will turn into the the parent, so to speak, and <laughs> yeah, try and try and calm the situation down. He's yeah. very good like that. He's quite a, a natural leader. So. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's, uh, it, you know, the, the, apart from that, the, there's no major arguments. There's no fucking, mm. you know, bullshit, you know, yeah. we're not Aerosmith, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. And yeah. is it, is it ever just you two on the road? Do you always have someone else with you or do you guys just go, yeah, fuck yeah. it, we can do this show ourselves? We've got, uh, no, we never do that. Um, we've got a tour, <laughs> man- we've got a tour manager. We've yeah. got uh, a, a sound a sound person, and for the bigger gigs, we have a lighting we have a lighting guy. Yeah, uh, usually one or two of them. So normally it's a touring party of four, and it can go up good. to four, like five or six. Yeah, uh, we don't have any backline apart from yeah. the laptop. Ob- oh. Obviously, the lighting. If they take, uh, if we have a lighting show, then they'll take care of that. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, really. I was yeah. going to say, like, when you're talking about like the perfect formula in terms of creating a style of music and like hitting a sweet spot there, just in terms of like the business of a band and like touring and all that kind of shit, like you've kind of got the perfect formula there too in terms of. <laughs> your stage and live setup and having two members and like a small touring party and that kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Which it didn't occur to us, you know, we, you, we just didn't think about that. And then after yeah. about a year, you know, you kind of get to know musicians and you're turning up at festivals and they're inviting you onto their bus and they're just all sat there with their mouths wide open at, at the absolute beautiful business model that you've got which is mm. just, you know, you can just take it anywhere. All you've got is a laptop. And yeah. it, then it occurred, it occurred to me that, all oh, right, yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from, you know. Yeah. Uh, you just don't think about equipment, do you? You know, and like you've got all these bands that want to get somewhere. And it, when they finally get somewhere, as you well know, you've then got this this other thing, which is logistics, which is yeah. transportation. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Or can or can be, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's exponential too. It's like, all right, well, if you've got more gear, then you need more staff, and if you've got more staff, yeah. you need more hotel rooms, yeah. and yeah, it's sure, just everything's sure. crazy. Yeah, I wanted to ask you before, um, Jason, about the just just to take it back, just a one step when we're talking about the you know the history of your parents being working class and stuff and. Yeah. Do, do you do you have um, like working class pride? Because I because I do. I come from working class stuff as well. I have that pride in it, and yeah. I often, and I um, often just to add to it, feel feel sorry for people. I think I've said this on pod before, but I kind of have empathy rather for people who like grew up rich in in some ways when they're trying to be um, when they're trying to be artists because 
Oh god, yeah. They get yeah, fucking. fucking they hell. get hammered. <clears throat> I think you know. There's, I know a lot of artists from the upper echelons of society that have done interesting things. Mm. You don't necessarily have to come from, you know, uh, lower class stock to write something interesting. You know, no. there's there's plenty of artists in our time that have that have done that in and 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 down the history, you know, down the timeline of musical history. Mm. Um, so my gripe's always like if there's someone from a upper middle class background doing political music, then it's got to be a political experience from their own, from their own, uh, mm. whatever struggles they're going through, you know, it doesn't have to be financial. Mm. Uh, they just have to think about it. And I think a lot of people don't, they just subconscious, not consciously. I don't think so. I don't think people mean to do it, but a lot of people subconsciously, uh, live out other people's narratives. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so do I have pride in it? Um, I have, I don't know. I like your point about feeling empathy for people that are rich. Um, but again, it's like, I don't know, only if they're trying to do something that is mm. in keeping with their own experiences, I will probably have empathy. Mm. But if they're, if they're using someone else's narrative, it pisses me off. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I think, I think um, do I have pride in, in my own working class experiences? No, I don't. I don't have pride in it, but, um, I don't know. Uh, I like the way it's made my personality, if that makes any mm. sense. I, I like the way it's um, armoured my humour. Mm. But, um, you know, a lot of it I just wanted to get away from as soon as I could because I found it claustrophobic. I found it narrow-minded. Uh, I just found people... I, I didn't want to think like that. I didn't want yeah. to be homophobic. I didn't want to be racist. I didn't want to blame everything on whatever, somebody else. I didn't want to be mean and mm. cruel. You know what I mean? And all of these things were so peppered in people from my own uh, uh, experiences. Yeah. But I don't know if that's, not, I don't, you know, I, that's not necessarily a class thing, is it? This, it, it transcends class. It does. All of these negative, all of these negative it, well, it really negative does. Attributes. I, like yeah. in, in Melbourne here, I live in quite a... Um, well-to-do suburb in a yeah in a little yeah. in a little apartment that my girlfriend and I rent and um yeah. I work at the local bottle shop it's a it's like a wine store and um yeah the there's a lot of I mean yeah there's a lot of that kind of talk there's a lot of mm. I hear it on the daily in there racism misogyny sexism sure, sure. hear it yeah. on the daily from these these um, supposedly enlightened people yeah. So you're right, it does transcend. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I just I just thought I did I didn't want to work forever, and I just I had nothing else apart from unskilled labour to fall back on. Um, I wasn't very academic in the sense of I wasn't very business minded. I just didn't take to that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I just the defeatism from it all and the lack of options. I wanted to try and get away from. Um, I wasn't prepared to live my life like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it gave me a sense of common sense. Uh, it gave me a work ethic. Uh, it made me hungry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, mm. Perhaps in those things that I'm, perhaps in those things I, I am I am proud. 
yeah. perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of being able to carry those things and, and do something with them from uh, no education, really. Uh, I got expelled from school when I was 15. Um, I, I didn't take to school very well, um, as I've said, you know. So, so, yeah, in those things, I guess, you know, it made me, it turned me into a survivor. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But when did you realise that you didn't want to work a, a, a normal job for the rest of your days? Was that early from, on? From 16 onwards, yeah. I went straight to work in a fact, factory from leaving school. So, right. uh, because I thought that was the thing to do. So the chicken factory? Money. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't know the chicken factory came later, but uh, this was like a, a fresh foods factory. And I worked as a butcher uh, and it was early mornings all day, 10, 10 hour days. Uh, it was fucking horrible. That's you know? quite a skilled trade, isn't it? Butchering. Well, kind of. Yeah. I think, I think the trade for me was socializing, getting into a, an area with adults and experiencing the working world and the viciousness of it. Um, you know, back then, uh, it was, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I don't know if it still goes on today, but you know, you would get pinned to the butcher table. You, blokes would be giving you love bites. They would what? be sticking. Yeah. This is how it was. They what do you mean? Just as a laugh because they're just basically <laughs> putting you on the, I'd get picked up and you would get love bites off one or two of the blokes just for a laugh. Jesus. It was, yeah, yeah. Because you were 16, like you were young, yeah, or yeah, because you were new. Because you were yeah. a new guy. You would get, I don't know if you've heard of jockeys where they put no. your boxer shorts right up. A wedgie, we call it. Yeah, a wedgie, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. I got, I got one of those. I got pipes shoved up my backside full of cold water. What? You know, yeah, yeah, proper. Dude. It was brutal. But, but this is how it was back then. Um, I mean, Free colonics. Yeah, one of the lads got his um, jeans and boxer shorts pulled down, his top pulled up, and then they cling film. Uh, uh, wrapped him to a pallet with cling film and then pulled him down to where all the women worked in the dispatch no. area. Oh, that's oh my so God. horrible. And, and just left him there. So all of his bits are out oh. for about five, five or ten minutes until someone pulled him away. So it was quite traumatic. Jesus. Uh, yeah, but it kind of hardened you. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it, um, it kind of made you... Uh, you know, respect hard work almost and right. Okay. So, but yeah, I had no <laughs> qualms about leaving. So I, I bided my time and I went to college the following year to study drama. Yeah. And, um, my, my mum was, um, you know, my parents had split and I was living with my dad at the time. Uh, and, uh, my mum said, you can come back here and go to college, which was decent of her. So, um, so that's what I did. Uh, I went back there and studied for three years. Oh, wow. Well, you um, did that. You did. So you did the three year, what was it, acting course? Yeah. Fantastic. No, I did like, G, I did what they call GCSEs for the first year. And then I did A level in, in drama. But it was kind of like an acting course, but not. It was more, okay. it was theory based. And there was some, there was a lot of, um, you know, performance as well. But, um, great. Uh, the, the, the idea was that I wanted to go to drama school, but I just couldn't afford it. It was just, mm. and, and so I was hoping for, you know, one of those lucky people to get in 
you know, uh, via the state, via a scholarship. But uh, I just didn't get any of the uh, acting auditions I went for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's so interesting. I mean, you can, yeah, you can. It makes sense hearing that you that you did theatre studies in, in some degree. You know, like the way you um, lyrically sort of create worlds and characters. And yeah, stuff. yeah, I love it. I mean, I do a bit now. Obviously, the success of the band. You know, you start meeting people, so I've done a bit of yeah. acting. Are you? Uh, and, I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah. What do you do? So, in film and television, or theatre, or what's the what's the go? Yeah, I've done I've done uh, film, TV. I'm not theatre. I'd love to do theatre, but mm. it's just not a lot of money in it. And like, yeah. my man, my manager was like, "You're not fucking going away for three months." Uh, and yeah. I mean, like, minimum wage, no fucking way. Yeah, there is, there isn't. So, no, we had that so exact conversation with someone that one of our shows two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah we did just, actually. An active yeah, friend like, who was saying the same thing. Theatre. It's just hard. Like it's just hard because of the money. That's the thing. It's yeah. fucking it's really You can do like yeah. one day on set in a movie or a TV show and just earn what you make in a whole. Like, yeah. You can. You can. Uh, you, uh, so I mean, even that's not. You know, compared to gigs. Yeah. Uh, it's the money's still not as good, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. But I think. Being exposed to it now made me realise that it's a good job I didn't get into drama school because it's so fucking hard work. Mm. It's it's even worse than music. Yeah. So would how would I have gotten on? Would I have liked it? I like acting, but I don't know if I like it as much as music. You know what I mean? So the industry. Um, yeah. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, you know. Some and the, the work itself. From actors. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, yeah. Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm actually an actor as well, Jason. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. In nice. film, film and television and stuff as well, yeah. Okay. And um, it is, we, we had this exact Todd and I discussion last week um, about, you know, the acting versus music thing. And it's, it, would be, it would be a really tough decision. One of the things that I really value about acting is how um, infinitely challenging it is, you know. And oh, gotcha, not not yeah. that music isn't, because music absolutely is as well when it is, you know. Yeah, but it's just it's just a different kind of challenging, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a there's an intangibility to it or something like that, you mm, know. That um, mm. you can kind of tie yourself no. in knots mentally, and so much of it is about relaxing, learning to relax I think, and disconnect. From I think it, it is, mm. yeah. And knots. What I found is, you know, you can you can. You can completely compress yourself if you have too much exposure to other people's ideas about how you should act. You know, it's uh, you know, to technique. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've tried to stay away from too much advice on technique and just yeah. trust my own instincts with yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and um, and that's been a, quite an interesting experience as well. You know. Yeah. Well, but, um, when you first yeah. realise that you're interested interested in it it's usually because you feel you have an instinct as to how you would approach something or whatever you know so and mm. also like mm. that that's what makes again um an actor um gives them their flair or their originality is that relying on their so. actual instinct i think so i think i found just having fleeting conversations with people that are the character that i'm going to play in real life or or nearest to it is really beneficial and then and then just take their experience and try and put it into your own personality. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and and do it that way. And I think I think I've learned a lot from films, really. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, from just watching people. Yeah. Especially actors that have the same personality in every film. You know. Yeah. You know, De Niro, De Niro or any of the greats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just they are themselves. Yeah. And yet they're not. So that I find uh, really quite inspiring. Uh, yeah. But yes, well, I agree. You often don't need to add too many layers to a to a character because oftentimes so. you've been cast. You've been cast because of because you're embodying yeah. Yeah. that energy. You just yeah. have to be uh, believable, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes, yeah. just believable. And yeah. um, I, I don't know if I'm a great character actor if if I've got the term right. You know, I'm no good with accents. Uh, you know what I mean in that mm-hmm. sense. So. Um, you know, like Sean Bean, for instance. I mean, mm. literally, he's been in so many different character roles, and yet he's got this fucking Sheffield accent. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know he did. He went for a period of using an American accent, um, which is unavoidable, I guess, if you're in that Hollywood game. But um, yeah, um, yeah, you just think to yourself, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these fucking multi, multi-faced actors. I'm just not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's that brilliant actor, UK actor? I can never remember his name. He's in um, This Is England. Oh, he's so good. I he's fantastic. He's in Line of Duty as well. Yeah. Um, is it Stephen Graham? Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Graham. Fuck, he's he good. fucking oh, rules. Yeah. Uh, there's Vicky McClure as well, who's in Line of Duty um, and uh, This Is England. Line of um, Duty is pretty good, eh? Yes. Do you like Line of Duty? <laughs> not, not a massive fan, I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't, to be honest, I've never been exposed to it. Um, yeah. So I should perhaps give it a go. I mean, it's but, a fucking um, cop show at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. But they're catching, yes, this, but, they're, but it's about cops catching cops. So that catching they're, cops. they're slightly forgiven, these cops. Still A cab. Uh, fuck, we just go on about that show way too much. It's just why we brought it up. Oh, so you're massive fans, are you? What about oh, Peaky Blinders? Just, do you like that? I haven't, I haven't seen Peaky Blinders. It. You're in that it. though, aren't you? You're in that. The, the it's one of the yes, seasons. Yes, I, I did yeah. the last. Uh, I did the last episode. That's yeah, it. Was, for, was fortunate enough to be asked. Well, I got in touch with um, Killian, uh, and uh, he offered me, uh, you know, a chance to go and. Oh, fucking amazing. Which I thought was, was quite good, actually. It was oh. weird, but it was good. Killian Murphy's a really cool actor. Yeah, he's good. He's wicked. He's a lovely bloke as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I would, um, I'd, I'd love to see Peaky Blinders, actually. It's been on the list a while. It's good. I mean, I'm not, you know, don't, yeah, I'm not a massive fan, but you can appreciate it. Definitely. <laughs> it pulls you in. Yeah. It's all I need. Yeah. Um, you worked with Florence Shaw from Dry Cleaning. Yeah. Um, yeah. On Force 10 from Navarone, which was, was that the first yeah. single from, from UK Grimm, the new record? Um, it was the second single. Second we did single. UK Grimm as the first one, and then that came, that came second, yeah. How did you yeah, come across? Florence ac- is wicked. How did you come across Florence? Just being a fan of Dry Cleaning. Yeah. And um, uh, then we asked them if they wanted to support us on the. UK tour we did in 2021. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they said yes. I didn't think they would, you know. Um, you're never quite sure what these new bands think about us, you know what I mean? Mm. It's like we've been, mm. we've been at it for 10 years. 
So it's like uh, they said yes and they came on tour. We got to know them a bit, you know. They're all lovely people. And, um, yeah, when we started demoing for the new album, uh, after a while it, it became quite clear that she would really suit guesting on Force 10. In fact, she could have been on two or three of the songs, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, her voice just really goes with um, the music, I think. Yeah, it's fucking uh, sick. <clears throat> yeah. I, I saw I dry cleaning. My bad. Go on, go on. I, I was just going to say I saw dry cleaning play at um, Moth Club in London, and I hadn't. Have they been over to Australia yet? They just recently have. Yeah, yeah, ju- yeah. yeah. just recently. Right. But it was really yeah. I, had, I hadn't seen them play before. They're all not. sold out their shows in Australia. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Cool. That's what you want. That's what yeah. you want. And then Amy Taylor, who's been on this podcast as well. Um, I remember the song that you guys did a couple of years ago together. Yeah, yeah, nudge it. Yeah, yeah. Amy's Amy's really nice. I like I like the fact that you know you know where you stand with Amy, mm. um, and you know she's you know like a young woman that's slowly becoming more and more uh, popular. You know the band, mm. and you know she's enjoying it, but she, she she I don't think she'll ever turn into a wanker. You know what I mean? No, you yeah. really you you always know where you stand with her, and. Um, you know, when she gets in touch, um, she's always she's always really nice. You know what I mean? So, yes, um, getting her on Nudget was a masterstroke, to be honest. It took a while uh, to get it right, um, but she eventually came out with this rap and um, uh, sent it over. And um, we were struggling with where to put it. And Andrew had this genius idea of just using it as a drop in, you know, towards the end of the song. Uh, yeah. It just worked. Totally yeah. worked. Yeah, so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, um, it's one of the best songs we've done, I think. It's, uh, it really did help to uh, elevate us. Both, mm. both herself and Billy Nomace, who was on More Comindy. Uh, right. Those those features really did help to push the idea of sleep of mods further. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're oh, oh, fantastic songs. Um, what the lyric Thank in you. um Force Ten? And I don't fucking smoke. Is that true? Oh yeah. No, I don't. You're no, off I the bungers. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why I put that in. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was doing the song. I've written as soon as you sent that over. Uh, wife had gone to bed and I was just pacing around the living room just coming out with whatever words to match this vocal idea I had and and I don't fucking smoke was one of them and I thought oh no I can't put that shit who gives a fuck <laughs> about that <laughs> but, yeah. but it's um, it just stayed in yeah and it kind of it, you know why does the darkness elope I, I thought elope meant why does the darkness come in but it doesn't it means go away (laughs) (laughs) so in the end i'm like well that's not working because the song's about feeling depressed about darkness the chorus anyway you know yeah but then i thought well you know i don't i don't drink i've been clean for seven years and yet i'm still pissed off so in a way, this works because the darkness has gone away. These these habits have gone away, but it's still the sadness is still there on occasion. Yeah. So it kind of worked. It was kind of almost like that's what it should have been anyway. Do you know what um, I reckon? I reckon there's a phenomena 
with songwriters um, where you'll say a word that you, you perhaps have never even said for starters or if you have said it, you don't even know the meaning and you put it in the song and yeah. it reveals itself later to have it's actually made weird, sense. Yeah. It's like a, it's a subconscious yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's weird, isn't it? It's it, like yeah. there is something... I don't know, it, without sounding like a wanker, there is some kind of weird energy that, uh, that fillets itself into the writing process, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I think there just is, and I think you're right. Uh, yeah, that, that's a classic example of it. You know what yeah. I mean? I, wouldn't, I mean, elope, what does that mean? You know, I know what it means now, but mm. um, yeah. The um the the and I don't fucking smoke line. I, I that took that actually really took me and and um and I think the reason why was for me I I and I didn't have to read too far into it to feel this either. I I I felt like it was a like um you know how you're kind of a sucker if you smoke really. You're a sucker to marketing. You're, you're so, you know the government are taxing cigarettes and making money off it uh-huh. while pasting uh-huh. all these fucking ads all over it uh-huh. saying yeah, smoking will yeah. kill you. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. biggest like hypocritical yeah. racket that they're running. Sure. And sure. so stepping off, stepping off the smoking um, treadmill is an act of defiance really against that machine. I think so. Um, it's just so fucking unfortunate that it's so good, isn't it? Um, I know. Mm. I wish they were good it, for it, you. It, Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so it, good. It would be fucking <laughs> great. Like eating a carrot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes so well with a pint of lager, doesn't it? Oh, it, it does really does. does. Or, or a cup of coffee. It's just fucking astonishing, really. Mm, so, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's a fool's game. Um, it is a fool's game. Uh, with that, there, there, there's no excuse. There's no other thing for it. People say, well, what else have I got? And it's like, you know, a lot of, in a lot of respects... If you're going to keep thinking that, then all you'll ever have is 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 those little things. Yeah. Um, but I get but, it. I get it. I, I do get it. Um, if you've got no fucking options, if life is just a brick wall, then you're just going to kill yourself, aren't you? Slowly. Yeah. Mm. Um, the I don't smoke line, for what it's worth, to me, um, just means like I just think of. Um, being out of the pub and someone asking me for a lighter and I just five times a night going, I don't smoke. I don't <laughs> oh, <fucking yeah>. smoke. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I don't I think, fucking smoke, right? I think now it's like, you know, when you're at gigs and people are off their heads uh, or, or they're just drinking so much and falling about and, you know, it's fine, but don't try and pass that off as something that's like edgy. It's just not. Mm. It's mm. fucking, you are not a rock and roller. You know, these things were kind of probably cool in the 70s and 80s and yeah. to a certain degree, to a certain degree almost in the early 90s. But what we know about behaviorism, what we know about addiction, what we know about substance abuse, these things aren't cool anymore. It's not cool. It's mm. not. It's just not cool. Mm. I don't think it adds to the allure of anybody. And if anybody thinks they're trading on that, uh, is is a good idea? Then um, I, I don't know. I just disagree totally. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like you know, in, in a in a way, I mean, 
you know, like there's, I've had a million great experiences on substances and there's no disrespect to substances um, no, at all. No, but I no. do, I do, I have it sometimes in my life kind of thought about it for a second and kind of thought of them as like little baby blankets, you know, like a, a baby sucking, sucking its little bottle and its little. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's you know? all it is, isn't it? So, oh. yeah. You know, I think <laughs> yeah. there, are, there, is, there is something like quite dark about people that are dependent on it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't judge people like that because yeah. I've been there. I know it's hard and, you know, but, but for anybody that's doing it in a carefree manner or, or trying to, I don't know, I don't know, I get or trying to be aloof with it is, I just think it's just pretty stupid. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, we grow up with all these images. We grew up with all those images, like you said, like the seventies, eighties, nineties, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was yeah. kind of a thing. And, um, yeah. we've kind a lot of people, um, myself included were conditioned into thinking that that was how you got an edge or, um, that it's was fucking, how you, you create know, a character or whatever for yourself. Yeah. When you look at people like Shane McGowan, from the Pogues or, or anybody that's hit it hard and was renowned for being like, uh, you know, you just feel, so, you feel like sorry for them. Mm. You know, you feel like they, we've all been used, but some of us got out of it yeah. quicker than others. I mean, you know, often for um, a lot of those people, particularly back in like the 80s, 90s, they can't even remember that four years of their life where they made those records that like, shone through or whatever. Like, do you know, do you know like, what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I mean, Sean Ryder, who, who I think has come out of it okay, actually, now. He seems to be... And Bez as well, you know. They were proper body bags. Mm. Uh, but they, 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 seem to have, they seem to have come out the other end uh, with, with, with personalities intact, I think, as well. That's, yeah. You know, they're really like decent people. Yeah, you know, people that laugh at the idea that they've got some kind of legacy, which I find really inspiring. It's like, sure. <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they haven't been carried away by the pomposity of it, unlike myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you read poetry and stuff, Jason, or is that not your bag? No, never, never. I, right. I just, I think I've read one Charles... Bukowski, well, I don't Bukowski, know. Bukowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, Bukowski book, which yeah. was Ham on Rye, and was really taken by this almost. It, I just really identified with it. The kind yeah. of repetition, the, the the kind of boredom, the the kind of uh, the infinite existence of no surprises, of of um, you know, of cigarettes and, al- and, and alcohol and drugs and, and um, casual sex. I so identified with all of that. So mm. that was very powerful. But that's as close I got to any written prowse that I was quite um, uh, influenced by. Brett Easton Ellis, American Psycho, perhaps. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but are you, a book, are you a book, much of a book reader? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm actually quite... Uh, but only with stuff like the usual macho bullshit, like serial killers and everything else. Oh, yeah. I find it I find the history books. Um, I find it hard to read fictional novels. Um, uh, I like a bit of critical theory as well, uh, but not too much. Um, you know, uh, 
But yeah, all of those things, kind of politics, murder, and, and the reason why people commit murders, really, trauma. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm more interested in trauma than the, the gruesome details, obviously, you take in, but um, I'm, I'm more interested in their backgrounds, and I get really, really? frustrated if, if I can't study somebody whose background has been made public yet as well, you know. Mm. So That makes sense. Um, you, like, yeah, listening to your songs, you're always describing like characters and giving almost backgrounds and that kind of that kind of thing. Sure, so, yeah, you know, it makes sense. That's what you're into. Completely. So, um, how have you gone about you know, getting your your own um, mental health um, in 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 check? If you have, like, over the years, like, and I, I don't I don't know much about your your mental health in um, history. Just, uh, yeah, just. Uh, finally managing to stop taking things um, which happened when I gave up drinking eventually that kind of stopped everything even cigarettes so um, and then just having like uh, psychotherapy Mm. uh, and having to go back for more when things became bad again and, uh, and you know using that psychotherapy and using your inner voice to kind of listening to yourself and Mm. and thinking about why you're doing certain things. Yeah. Uh, Meditation has helped. I do that every day. Yeah. Great. And uh, every night and every morning. And that just sets up my Mm. psychology for the day. You know what I mean? How long long do you meditate for in the mornings? Only 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like I just tell myself certain things. If I've got things on my mind, then I'll tell, I'll discuss those things with myself. And usually it's anxiety based. So uh, if I'm feeling anxious about something, I'll tell myself to stop feeling anxious about that thing because that thing isn't universal. It's not the end, the end of everything. It's, it's something that you can overcome mm. uh, and face. Yep. And so that helps me tackle things like confrontation, um, uh, anything from driving long distances. I start worrying about driving if I've got to, if I know I've got to go somewhere. Mm. I, I really start worrying about it. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. That it's so interesting talking about the um, like developing that that uh, like relationship with your own inner voice and your own. Yeah. Your own intuition, because yeah. it can be hard to identify. God, you can. And you can, it's little things usually that turn into massive molehills yeah. that then start making you do all sorts of stupid things, usually aggressive, aggressive things, losing your temper. Mm-hmm. And for what, uh, you know, it started off with a little, you know, inside, uh, you know, sort of, worry about driving 200 mm. miles next week. And so that turns into something that eventually start losing your temper with someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like, it, I mean, it's just fucking mad, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, just trying to get over things like that. Um, uh, and I, f- I found that meditation helps more than anything, uh, with those, co- with anxiety, you know, I think, uh, um, uh, uh, psychotherapy helps with, learning to objectify big things uh but you know the day-to-day i use meditation for you know what mm. i mean yeah yep um it's it's really helped me a lot as well actually get over anxiety and um 
yeah, it's it's one of those things that you kind of think won't work until you do it as well, and then you go until you do it. Yeah, after a couple of weeks, you're going shit. I'm actually and then you can't. Yeah, can't not do it once you start it. No, you can't not do it. Yeah, you can't not do it. I think you have to admit to yourself that largely your day to day activities, most of them, are quite intense. It's like yeah. You know, anything from driving, from fucking rushing around doing 10 things in a day because you have to do those 10 things. Yeah. All of these things are quite stressful. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're quite stressful and they're unavoidable as well. Uh, and so you have to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get more and more like, why am I sitting in a tin box that's really hot and that is guzzling petrol and, and smoke's coming out the backside of it? It's, it, it, you know... It's it's got rubber on it as well. It's fucking rank. <laughs> why, why, what the fuck am I doing in this thing? Driving yeah. 80 miles an hour with, along with other people playing this game of fucking yeah. cat and mouse. Driving the opposite it's, way at the same speed. <laughs> <it's bullshit. laughs> um, you know, people are like, why have you got a shit car? You know, I thought you'd have a really posh car. I don't want a posh fucking car. I don't, what's the point in having a piece of, you know, spending like, what's the point? It's fucking insane, isn't it? Some people spend like £200,000 on a piece of tin that yeah. sits outside your fucking house that at yeah. night gets really cold. So you can't say, like, you know, you get up in the middle of the night, I'll go and sleep in the car. You can't do that because it's no. fucking freezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, if you don't want to be in the car anyway, why would you buy a good one? No. Do you know what I mean? And also, the fucking thing's going to get nicked around here. You know, the, it's like... If yeah. I've got a shit car, chances are people aren't going to fucking rob me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. England's scary, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, England's scary. <laughs> I think no scarier than your place, to be honest. I think, oh, you reckon uh, that's scary about, here? We're about to you lot. Melbourne. We're in Melbourne. Yeah. Well, Melbourne. Uh, now, I've been reading a lot about um, uh, the family murders in Adelaide, also the Snowtown murders. Oh, uh, yeah. I grew up in uh, Adelaide. Right, okay. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, reading a lot about the areas of of the poverty uh, sort of areas and the Mm. history of Adelaide as a city, uh, like most cities in England where they've got big ideas and it just goes all wrong, doesn't it? um, Yeah, there's some dark uh, shit. Yes, really interesting uh, about Mm. why there is such a pool or was a pool of perverse murders uh, in in an area like that, um, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it, we, any of us get away with it, do we? Really, it's, um, nah. it's maybe it's uh, bad everywhere. You know I mean? Oh, it's fucking bad everywhere, really. I mean, <laughs> I live in a leafy middle class area, so I'm kind of cut off from, yeah, from all the, a lot a lot of the shit. Which yeah. I, you know, I'm going to have it these days. I'm fucking having that. I've done my yeah, time, fully. so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, you know what I mean. It's have you seen the movie Snowtown? Shit around here. Yes, have I seen the movie Snowtown? Yes, I have, and I've read two or three books on it. Um, uh, you know, um, really interesting. Pretty uh, fucked up movie. Pretty fucked up. Um, you just identify with that that upbringing of of. I mean, it was even worse for these people. I'm by no means was brought up in areas that these people were brought. I was, I come from a council estate, but uh, from, from, from what I've read of these, uh, you know, the experiences, some of the, the murderers had in particular, mm. um, 
it's, it's just quite astounding. Um, but yes, um, it, it, but it goes back to trauma and having mm. experienced trauma myself, I'm always interested to read other accounts of trauma mm. uh, and, and um, how it made people. Um, mm. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if, I, I don't think it's kind of some kind of sick interest either. I think, um, no, I, I, think no. These, they, I think these things need to be pondered, you know, they need to be thought about. Well, they're and, not pondered um, enough, really. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at all, you know. Uh, and I'm not defending these murderers. Absolutely not, because there is there is uh, an inclusion of evil there that um, you know I, I certainly haven't got, uh, yeah. as as most of us haven't, you know. Yeah. Uh, but where does this evil come from? And, it's um, endlessly fascinating that evil, isn't it? It's like yeah, that it is, is endlessly well, fascinating. It, it's like what the fuck yes. possessed you? Well, it, it just comes from anger, anger at being mistreated. I think. And so yeah. it's an innocence in the beginning, but then it grows into something else. And um, it's sad. Mm. It's really sad. Mm. Uh, uh, but um, I, I'm always interested to, to read uh, stories like this and also locations and other countries and, and, and the cultural history of these countries uh, uh, and how they were built up, you know. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah. So, yes, I've seen the film. It's a great film. Well, you know, great's probably the wrong word, but um, I thought it was done very well. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, we'll, we'll let you go soon in a minute, Jason. We'll, you'll, you'll be off the hook in a sec. Um, I sure. just have one funny story to tell you from London, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, I was behind, I was in the queue at a supermarket. Not a supermarket, like a convenience store. What do you call them? Convenience yeah, store. Good. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and a dude pulled out his wallet to pay for his whatever he was getting. And he dropped a little yeah. bag of weed oh, okay. on the floor. And I went, oh, that, that guy's dropped his weed. He, has, he doesn't, hasn't realized. So I went up and um, I covertly picked up his bag of weed and said, hey, mate, you dropped your weed. And he turned around and smacked it out of my hand and went, <gasps> it's not fucking mine. <laughs> what? You're fucking joking. You're joking. Nah. And then he waited out the front of the store for me, like just standing out the front of the store while I paid for my stuff. Yeah. Just looking in the window and I just stayed in the store because I was too scared. Fuck. To- <laughs> oh. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's wild, isn't it? It's through under the bus. That's, that's fucked. I was just trying I to give it back. That is, that is totally, yeah. It's totally fucking England. Well, it's anywhere, I guess, but you just unfortunately it happened in this country, I guess. Yeah, I think it was in, in the same couple of days where that kid came up to you and said that your haircut bothers him. Yeah, it was. No, it was. you're joking. <laughs> yeah. You're he goes, fucking your, your haircut bothers me. And I said, what? And he went, your haircut, it bothers me. Oh, where God, was this? Where was it? Where was it? Was, it was in, it was in um, what's the place in the east? Fucking... Oh, oh like Shoreditch or something. Sure, it was in Shoreditch, yeah. No, in Shoreditch. What yeah. the fuck's all that about? <laughs> I don't know. It's just <laughs> fucking full of hipsters around there. I mean, you might yeah. occasionally get you get some people that aren't, yeah. I guess, but but no, that's bullshit. Yeah, and then I on mean, the same night yeah. there was a house party. My brother and I walked past, and um, yeah, and and there was all these people out the front. They're all smoking and drinking, and we just walked up and we're like. Is, there, is this a party? And the guy goes, not if you're asking. 
Oh, okay, <laughs> this is the no. same night. <laughs> That's a hard place, man. London's like, hard. Yeah. London's hard. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine you weren't too fussed when that plane started to uh, lift off the runway. Do you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? totally. Totally. <laughs> oh, that's some. That's bad, that. Yeah, pretty funny, I think, you know, with the first story, I would. Uh, I immediately thought when you said you picked it up, I wouldn't have picked it up. I yeah. would have probably just gone to a mate and nodded and looked down. Oh, uh, that's way more uh, English. And that's yeah, cool. That, that's that cool. would have that that might have stirred. But then again, if he'd have turned around and slapped out your hand, then I don't even know if that would have worked. You know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he probably, yeah, he's probably mind your business. Is probably the best thing yeah. to do. Yeah, it might be mind your business. Oh, hey, okay, no, <laughs> oh, that's bad shit. Yeah, that is um, bad. So everyone needs to listen to UK Grim, which is the new record from Sleaford Mods. Yeah, it's fucking great. Are you Thank coming you. out here touring? They are. They're on tour. Yeah, next yeah. month. Next month. That's two right. Two weeks. Great. Two weeks we fly out. Brilliant. So you're so, doing. Fucking Sydney Opera House for Vivid, which will be insane. Holy hell. And yeah. Dark Mofo, which is a really fucking cool festival. Oh, mate. It's great shows. Yeah. Oh, and Tasmania. Yeah. I looked it yeah. up. And um, Interesting. Forum in Melbourne is pretty sick too. Oh, Forum in Melbourne. Brilliant. Yeah. Saturday Forum 3rd of Melbourne. June. Yeah. Um, and uh, where else? There's oh, heaps of shows actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's kind of 90% sold out. So, they're going to Which be all really, great uh, shows. Yeah, we're really happy about that. So um, brilliant. Yeah, we'll see what happens, isn't it? Yeah, we'll have to come to the Melbourne show. Do so. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Uh, that would be that would be awesome. It's just in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Give us right. a shout. <clears throat> so you do Well, Jace, thanks, thanks so much chat. for coming on, man, and thanks for the chat. It was a really nice chat. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Thank you, and it was nice to have met you both. Yeah, 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 me too. Um, Likewise. Uh, we'll hopefully see you around. Yeah, good luck with the rest of the tour and all that. Uh, and uh, if you're in Melbourne, give us a shout. We'll, we'll, we'll say hello. Do you know what I mean? All right, mate. That'd be great. 100%. Yeah. All right. Take care. Take all care. Right, see you, Jason. Thanks, man. Bye.